Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently-minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Book Realities and this time we're joined by author E.B. Converse or rather less formally Elizabeth Converse. Hi Elizabeth, good to see you. Thanks for joining us today. So tell everybody about Elizabeth Converse then. I'm Elizabeth and I live in Southern California in Sierra Madre, and I spend my summers in Encinitas. I am a writer. I've been a writer my whole life, but I've written, and I've actually written a, a couple of novels, but this is the first one that I have published because most of my writing has been for institutions and curriculum, although I did used to write plays and, and film scripts, uh, some of which were published, and I mean, executed, you know, I, I used to perform in plays and produce plays. And I used to, um, I made a couple of movies that I wrote. Fantastic. Um, so what made you go towards the idea of writing uh, Rose Dust, which is a, a, a modern interracial multicultural romance? I, I was trained as an anthropologist. And as an anthropologist, I was thrown into multiple multiple cultures. I was fascinated with multiple cultures. And I just really wanted to throw these different people and cultures together and do what would happen. And plus, I lived through the 60s. I was growing up in that period, and there were so many changes. And I just thought, you know, why not put them all together and, and have a, these love stories be intertwined and, um, and see see what happened um and so i found out so in a nutshell for people that maybe haven't read the book yet um what is rose dust all about rose dust is a story of a family that is torn apart by tragedy and how it comes back together again it's a story of loss resilience home, and the power of love. And why did you decide to choose the nationalities that you that you opted for? And, and indeed, for anybody, again, that hasn't read it, what nationalities did you opt for? One of the characters is from Vietnam. Most of the characters are, you know, just Anglo characters from uh, the States. Why did you opt for the main love interest to be Vietnamese? Because of the time that it was set, it was a time in which the war in Vietnam was going on. And also there was a lot of intergenerational conflict. And I thought it would be very interesting to explore a refugee coming over, um, interacting with a character who was going through the, going through the changes of the conflicts going on during the same period of the of the war and where were you personally during that 
period were you in, still in Southern California? Um, I was um, actually, during that period, I was living in New York, uh, working as an actress and a writer and an artist. So we were, we were doing a lot of socio-political plays. And uh, when I was in college uh, in the previous five or six years, we were very interested. There was a lot of demonstrations and, and interest in the war and, um, of course, the things going on between the generations. And, you know, all the, the issues, the social issues that were going on and the changes of music and the the cultures and all, just all the various changes that were going on in the 60s and 70s. So when you say you were an actress in New York, was that what you always wanted to be when you were a little girl? Is that what you wanted to grow up to become? Uh, when, I w- when I was little, I wanted to be a dancer, um, definitely. And then I went, when I was about 12, I wanted to be a writer because writing was the way I could really express myself in school. And it was the way that I got into, you know, I, I, I could apply myself as a writer. I could express myself as a writer and I was very shy. And so I wrote, that's how I, I succeeded as a writer. That was what I was best at. Um, your plays that you did for um, production on the stage, what sort of subject matter did they deal with? I was very existential, but I also really, because of my training in anthropology, I really liked cultures, different cultures. And I liked, I was very interested in shamanism and African cultures and ritual. And so I had a lot of um, mythological figures in my my plays and a lot of um, kind of blended realities. And um, that was one of the things that I used to write about, but I also performed in other people's plays and I liked to write about, I wrote a movie about the women's movement and that dealt with um, interrelationships between men and women and violence. Um, I wrote another play about artistry, you know, poetry, and they're all kind of art films, but I did get them produced. And I was in the Florence Film Festival and, you know, they got around, but they were not commercial movies. And I wrote several novels. Yeah, I had a, um, a no- then when I, I had children in my early 30s, I started writing novels and I actually had agents in New York and they, um, big agents. Um, and at that point, I didn't pursue them because I moved from New York City to California and my whole life changed. So what is your work schedule like when you were writing Rose Dust? Did you religiously get up at 7 a.m. and work through to midday or did you fit it in between other things? What was your schedule like? I get up, I usually have a cup of coffee, I write all morning, I have rituals, um, and then I usually take a long break for exercise and um, food and clear my mind. You know, sometimes I'll meditate, go on a walking meditation, and then I uh, come back and write again for another couple of hours, maybe even till dinner time, And then I will stop. But I, I try to get out and get some exercise during the day, definitely. 
Would you say uh, that you've got any interesting writing quirks? Do you have a, do you have to be in the proper room or do you have to have it lit in a certain way or do you have to have a certain type of coffee? Have you got any of those strange writerly quirks? Yeah, I have to make my own coffee. I also have these rituals. I play particular music. I've been playing the same music every day for like, every book has its own music and I play that over and over and over again. So it's like, a, it gets me in the mood. You know, on Spotify, I have my own list and I use, <laughs> I've been listening to the same music over and over again. So what was the and, playlist uh, for your yeah. list? Uh, it's a, a yoga um, it's very spiritual, a lot of mantras, and it's like a yoga. Uh, I'm very into like uh, Eastern music, and I listen to to that. So it kind of opens my mind, you know. Um, I like that. And where did you get the idea for your books? Not just Rose Dust, but where do you get your ideas for writing? Well, I really like my books to have a kind of higher purpose. I I aim very high and then I try to, so I have like a guiding principle I want to get to. And then I throw a bunch of trouble into the, and, you know, so I try to throw a mess and then try to clean it up to get to the guy and get to the guiding principle. So it starts in a tangle, and then I try to somehow un untangle it till it gets to, till there's clear some kind of light. I never know how it's going to get there, and I'm learning to to use a different form. You know, I'm I'm learning to not do it by the seat of my pants. When you're putting together the research for your book, do you do a lot of plotting or do you just begin to write with an end point in mind? How do you actually put that together? I do a lot of research. I gather as much information about the time, the characters. I try to make my characters very real, you know, like they could live. They could have lived during that time. This could have happened to them. They're believable clearly identifiable as human beings, but I don't, but they're not anybody I know. What was the most surprising thing you learned during your research for Rose Dust that you might not have been aware of before? Well, I really learned there are really no, no characters black and white. There are no really bad, even the worst characters have redeeming qualities. There are no villains. Everybody, has sympathetic qualities. Even the, you know, when it started out, there were a lot of black and white. There was a lot of black and white in the book and it didn't end up that way. Yeah. From the research that you did into the society of the time, what was maybe the most surprising thing that you learned? I didn't know very much about Vietnam. You know, I really had grown up during Vietnam. You know, I was a teenager and I went to college during Vietnam and I, I really didn't know anything about it. And I learned a lot about Vietnam. Yeah, I learned a lot more. I just knew the phrases and and I didn't know that much about vets. I didn't know how, how complex the trauma was of war, you know, 
on on veterans and soldiers. I I'd never really ex- explored it, and and also the the victims of war. You know, I just didn't ever explore it. It's a it's a topic which does need to be explored and expressed a lot more in in both books and films, but not not in the way maybe it has been done in the past. It needs to be done a lot more sympathetically, and and you do it beautifully in Rose Dust. So congratulations, well done. Thank you. What would you advise other writers starting out? I would say uh, try to write every day if you can. And, and don't judge what you write because you don't know what you're writing until later. So just write it down and don't criticize it while you're doing it because sometimes you have no idea what you're saying until later on. And it is amazing how much you actually have to say. And so if you're critiquing it and editing as you go, you're going to lose you could lose a lot of how, how powerful what you have to say is. You, you've got to trust that you have something to say. It's, it's amazing how you just have to trust yourself and, and, and keep writing, keep writing. And also to listen to your characters, you know, to write the characters, not make them be your puppet, but to, to learn to listen to the characters, let them express themselves. That takes a while, but they do that after a while, I think. They definitely do take on life for their own, even though they're fictional creations. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, I, I feel about my book, is that the characters could be real people, but they're not. So when talking about other people talking about your writing, then what, what's the best feedback that you've ever received for your writing? I couldn't put it down. I've heard that several times. And that's the best feedback I've gotten. And I've heard it many, many times, more times than I expected. And the feedback for Rose Dust, although it's only been out a few months, the feedback for Rose Dust has been exceptionally good. I'm sure you've been very pleased with that. I've been really surprised because people that I did not think would like it have really liked it. Not that it's not a good story and not that I didn't tell a good story, but I really got some great help from the editors I worked with, you know, especially the developmental editor uh, that I first worked with. And then the second editor I worked with to help just cut it, you know, cut to the quick of the story, keep it moving. It was, it was kind of unwieldy. With regards to the editing and the whole publishing process, why did you decide to go down the publishing route that you did independently publishing with ourselves? I went through several publishing conferences and um, I went through a lot of research about publishing and I went through seminar as I took a bunch of seminars and basically they all told you was get in line and um you're going to get a lot of rejections, but don't, don't, it might take you five years to get your book, book published, but don't get discouraged, accept all the rejections and just keep working on it. And I thought, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to write books. Um, I don't want to learn how to 
to meet your expectations. And I don't want to learn how to, 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 to model my book into what you think is going to be a good book. I don't, I don't, I don't want to fit your categories. And anyway, I'm not going to, because I'm, I'm, I don't think I have a chance to fit into your categories right now, you know, so I'm not going to do it. So I don't, I don't like your model. I don't, I don't like what you're telling me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be happy trying to do it. So I'm not going to do it. So there, (laughs) but I mean, it was amazing how the people who were just sitting there going, oh yeah, well, we'll do what you say. We'll do what you say. You know, I'll totally stop writing the way I like to write. And I'll, I'll try to write exactly the way you tell me to write. So when you came out of those seminars and you had a look around and decided that you wanted to write the way that you wanted to write and publish the book that you wanted to publish, that's when you decided to come and find us? Well, I had a good friend I hadn't seen for a long time who is one of your authors, um, Barbara Quinlan. And she said, oh, I found this great. And, And we reconnected and she said, are you looking for a publisher? And I said, yes, sure. She says, well, I have a great one. And she told me about you. So I just said, well, I'm going to check it out. So I did. Excellent. And, and hopefully, thought, although we gave you an editor to work with and we gave you some designers to work with, hopefully we did not make you change your book to be something that you didn't want it to be. No, it didn't change it. It, it, it made it, it, it was kind of surprising you know, every editor has very different criticisms or cha- changes they want. And it was just kind of surprising some of the changes that that um, your editor wanted that the other editors, editors had never picked up on. Alex pointed out a very interesting thing, and she said, um, kids don't call their parents by their first names. And I had all the characters calling their parents by their first names. And I thought about it and none of the other editors had noticed that. And I went like, that's true. You don't grow up calling your dad by his first name. And I thought, no one had ever noticed that. What's the best feeling, the best moment that you've had when you've seen your book actually published? Well, first of all, the the book is really looks wonderful it it's got a great cover and and uh, the size is really nice so that really was pleasing to see and made me really happy and um i mean it was real you know i mean it took a long time for it to become real so i think that the actual physicality of the book is what's made me the happiest and i i guess the other Thing that I like so much about this new ability to update your book is just I have a few friends who are authors and I told them about that and they just went, oh my God, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. No. Yep. So what, I, we're, what we're talking about there is on, on the even the best edited books, there can be one or two little typos that slip through or as you've read a sentence for the fifth time, you decided that actually that's not the wording that I wanted to put into that sentence at all. And with print-on-demand technologies, we can change the interiors of those books within a day. 
which is definitely different to how the older traditional models of printing works. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I, I have a couple of professors who are friends and they publish a lot of books and they were just like flabbergasted. They thought that is one of the most exciting things about publishing they'd heard. And uh, I just think it's really exciting what's happening with publishing. And I really think giving more power to authors to can have control over what's published is just going to open up publishing a lot more, you know, what gets out. We totally agree with that. Um, so on that day, that first day when the first book arrived for Proof, when you first held it in your hands, was that a good moment? Yeah, I can't. I mean, it was like a wordless moment. I mean, I was just like probably screaming or something or yelling or jumping up and down or, or um you know, like my books are here, you know, it's like, can you believe it? You know, it's like opening up the box and, and seeing the books and, you know, touching them and, you know, sharing them. I remember sharing them with a friend of mine who helped me, one of the people I um, mentioned in my acknowledgements, you know, and just, you know, they had a party for me. And then um, a friend sent me a huge bouquet of roses you know people were and my son sent me flowers and then he took me out to a restaurant and it was great I just there was a week of celebration you know it's just like everybody celebrated me it was so great it's like a triple birthday you know it's like a week of celebration everybody just laid out the red carpet for me and it was it was fantastic because I had been working on this for so long and and a lot of people they go oh yeah you're writing a book oh sure you know right right you know and then I find and I published it and everybody was just shocked yeah that's, yeah, so that's a great. marvelous yeah, story thank to you. Yeah, it, it really was our pleasure to, to be able to help you bring it out um so what's next is there another one on the way yeah, I have a book. Um, I'm really excited about it. I It took me about a year to find it because um, I'm in a writing group with other writers and they kept, and I they work with this thing called NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo. It's a big writing organization. And they keep saying, well, and they have this thing every fall where you write a book in a month and I kept not have. I kept starting, 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 and then I finally found my book. So, does this new book have a working title yet? Um, it has two working titles, but I can only remember one, and that is the end of time. Um, it's kind of about a new, different kind of reality. Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing the first drafts of it. So no pressure, no rush. I, I do have a, a tentative deadline for my book, and that is October 2023. Very good. Well, we'll be delighted to assist you with it again. So that will be good. So, Elizabeth, we like to end the interview with uh, a bit of a our take on uh, Lipton's Actor Studios quick questionnaire. So are you up for these 15 questions? Oh, 15. Okay, well, I'm not really good at spontaneity, but go for it. Okay, so author E.B. Converse, what is your favorite book? Favorite book? 
Oh my God. Well, the first one that came to my mind was Gone with the Wind. <laughs> That's a good enough choice for me. What is your least favorite book? Oh, I don't know. I I I want to say something by um Joseph Conrad. <laughs> he just he's just so dark. In life, what turns you on? I love to discover things and I love to travel. And what turns you off? Being uh, frustrated. Summer or winter? What continent? <laughs> Good question. Um, where you are at the moment, Southern California? Um, probably winter. And on a completely free day to do anything you want, who do you spend it with? My family, my kids and my husband. Mountains or oceans? Oh, that's, oh, the, well, that's so hard. I love them both, but I'm, I love the ocean. Yeah. And what is your favorite movie? Oh, my God. Breaking the Waves. Breaking the Waves. Okay. Really wild film. If you had one song to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? I would, well, definitely probably be a piece of classical music. A piece of classical music is okay. We'll, we'll not push you for anything more specific. Who makes you laugh the most? Maybe Domingo. Domingo is my daughter's dog. <laughs> Very good. And what smell do you love? I love the smell of jasmine. And what smell do you hate? I, I don't like the smell of things that have been sitting around for a long, long time, like old, old garbage. Other than a writer, what profession would you like to attempt? Oh, we, oh I, I, I always wanted to be an anthropologist. And you studied anthropology, didn't you? I did, and I almost went into it as a career. Excellent. And what profession would you not like to do? Accounting. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive up at the pearly gates? At last. <laughs> Elizabeth, thanks ever so much for taking the time out to join us today. I really hope Rose Dust goes on to even more success and even more great feedback. And I look forward to seeing your next book. Thank you so much. And I, I've really enjoyed talking to you and getting to meet you face-to-face. Uh, -face. And thanks so much for interviewing me. No worries. Ian. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best. <laughs>